0: Welcome to the Mango Solutions Data-Driven Nirvana podcast series, where we'll be exploring a range of topics for businesses around data science and data engineering. My name's Dave Harris, and I'm here today in the studio with Rich Pugh. He's the chief data scientist and co-founder of Mango Solutions. And with us is David Gardner, who leads the data science team at Mango. In this episode of the Data-Driven Nirvana podcast, we're going to take a look at why data science projects often fail. Like the gambler who only tells you when they win, data science experts tend to shy away from telling you when their projects fail. In this podcast, we're gonna explore how to set data science projects up for success, highlighting some of the common pitfalls and problems that are simple to avoid. And in the process, making sure you avoid being in the nasty position of having to explain why your data science project didn't deliver the results expected. So Rich, if I could turn to you first, what makes a data science project any different from any other big project?
1: It's a good question. So data science is really about the proactive use of data and advanced analytics to, to improve a decision-making process, right? So it's, it's about learning. So analytics is sometimes referred to as the learn-confirm cycle. So the, the challenge with data science projects are, you know, you, it's about discovering new insights to generate new wisdom. But the challenge with that, of course, is unlike, a, say, a software development project or a, an org change project, you when you're at the start, you're dealing with a lot of unknown unknowns. So at the start of, an, of a data science project, it's very difficult to predict how long things are going to take. And actually, it's difficult to predict the exact benefit you're going to see it as a result.
0: That sounds like a bit of a nightmare from a business point of view. If you don't, if you don't mind me saying so, it so, sounds a bit worrying. So, so if you don't know the value or how long it's going to take? What do you know?
2: I think the first thing to say on that is we'll we'll slightly caveat the statement. So we say it's hard to predict these things, but if you've got an experienced team, um, if you've got people who understand the data and the business, it is possible to estimate them. So a data science project may take eight weeks instead of six, but it's not going to take eight months instead of six weeks. So you do at least have some idea. And to go back to your analogy about, you know, data science projects being gambling, at least you know that you're not gambling the house. Right, So you can put a, sen- a sensible um, level of risk control around what you're doing with data science.
1: Yeah, and I think the reason that you would want to do this, of course, is that... Is that- the possible benefits are huge, right? So I, I think that, you know, particularly in areas where companies have not looked at a data-driven approach, the, the, the quick value that can be realized is is, is incredibly appealing. So uh, to give you an example, uh, we did a, a simple project recently for a, a very large financial services firm that increased their global cross-sell and upsell by, by 24%, and it's, it's incredibly you know, high ROI. And if you could imagine considerably increasing uh, the quality of your decision-making across the organization in different areas, then obviously the the potential benefits of becoming data-driven and using uh, analytics and and, and so on are enormous. And I I think that's why we... uh, that's why we very much advocate this as an approach. But exactly as Dave said there, you don't want to go and do... So for me, you don't go and do big bang analytics. You don't, do a, you know, you don't go and do a, a one million pound data science project. You, you do a small project and then you iterate and you find the value. And as soon as you find something that isn't working, you stop and you do something else and, and so on.
2: I think that's really important, that point around it's okay for a data science project not to work sometimes. Because it is a bit unknown, unknown. If you think there's value in it, go after it. Because if, you know, if you do enough of those, you're going to find some some big wins. Equally, you've got to be able to recognise when that's not working. That might be because you don't have the right data. It might be because you look at it and there just aren't the insights you hoped might come out. That's not necessarily the fault of a data scientist. That's just the way things are. But you have to be able to stop at that point. You don't want to like politically buy in and go, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. I'm going to plough through with this. Because if the foundations aren't there you're just not going to get the value so fail fast and genuinely do that don't keep going for political reasons
0: well that sounds like good advice but what what does a good data science project deliver you know in other words what would we how would we know if it's working
1: so absolutely a data science project should deliver a change in the business that delivers measurable value that is absolutely the output from a data science project. We can talk about data and algorithms and technologies and and methodologies and so on, but it's really about changing the way we do something. You know, if you end up in a situation where, you know, a data science project delivers something that works on your laptop, you know, but actually doesn't work in reality, that that project fundamentally hasn't delivered on its
0: objectives. David, as somebody who manages a team of data scientists, you know what the desired outcome is. You know you've got to get these these real outputs that Rich has just mentioned. Is there a way of managing the project that you can you know, maximise the chances of that happening?
2: Yeah, I think the first, the most important thing is making sure you have the right people involved from the outset. So it's useless building the best forecasting model in the world if the person who makes the decision at the other end of it isn't going to use it or can't use it for some reason. It's useless doing a proof of concept on your laptop that it won't be able to support when you want to put it into production actually gain the value from it so yeah getting the business stakeholders together and aligned with the data science team uh, having it involved if you need to i've had my fair share of run-ins with it get them involved early make sure they're brought in and potentially a change management team as well if you think something's going to broadly impact the business once you get that team together a really hard thing but really important is make sure you have that Correct question, make sure you're answering the right thing with your analytics.
1: Yeah, and that's a massive pitfall. I'd agree that for me. Where data science projects go wrong, uh, they can go wrong absolutely from the start. When you, you know, you you assume, you think you've got the right question, but you you actually haven't. And and of course, that's a that's a topic in its its own right, and one we'll uh, we'll talk about a different day.
0: Well, let's let's talk a little bit about it now, in the sense that you know, if you've articulated the right question, you know, what comes next? You know, assuming you have got the right question.
1: Uh, let's assume that you've got the right question, which again we'll we'll talk about, we'll later. Talk about another day. Yeah, um, fair enough. Once you've got the right question. There's no set pattern to how a a data science project runs. You know, every organisation will have and, and should have their own methodology and set of stages that they actually go through. Uh, but typically, once you've once you've established the the right, you know the right question to answer, the next step really is about the data. So you can't really do a data science project without without data so it 's really about gathering cleaning and exploring the data to understand have we got the data in a state that we can actually go and answer the question or not and what other questions may be able to answer the difficulty at this stage is that it 's actually a step in the analytic project or the data science project that 's incredibly difficult to estimate because you until you start exploring the data it 's very difficult to know how long the cleaning of that data is going to take and, and that can be a really difficult phase for me in a data science project where you are you know you, you're heavily invested you you're excited because you see the question you see the change you could make but then you go into this kind of vacuum almost where you know the the, the data manipulation and cleaning exercise can take a long time and that
2: can be really frustrating as a business stakeholder you know you're four weeks into a six-week project i haven't seen any results yet I'm getting impatient. I want to see what's coming out of this. At least give me something, right? But that time kind of value equation, it's not a linear thing for data science. Sometimes you do need to spend a good chunk of the project cleaning data and you're not necessarily going to see the results from that, but right at the end you get that hockey stick where really quickly you can get some amazing insights once you've got the foundations in place.
1: I think it's so important, you know, with a project like this and exactly as Dave said, getting the right people involved. When you get the right people involved, it's really important to set expectation about the stages and the outcomes from each stage. And in particular, at this stage, you know we need to set expectations about you know data cleaning. It might take a long time. You know, it depends how we find and actually communicate clearly around that. And it's also you know at that point, I, I, for me, that data cleaning into the exploration fears I don't know what what you find here, but that can that can be quite a, an interesting part of a data science project right? in terms of, you know, the data science project's entire focus can change at that time.
2: Right? Yeah, exactly. It's you start off answering one question, and then you find something amazing in the data, and you never thought you'd see. And you go, "Wow, oh, this is so much more interesting." Let's answer this question instead. We can see a much clearer route to value with it. So again, business stakeholder head on. It's okay to reframe a project and just take a step back and think about whether there's a better way of doing things and prepare yourself that that might happen. But that's part of the value of data science. Again, don't just plow barn your head.
0: Does that happen quite often? You start out asking one question, which may or may not be the right question, but then you end up answering a completely different question, which turns out to be a very useful answer.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I did this a lot. So in a previous job, I worked an airline, and part of my team's job was to spot where we were losing out in terms of our market share across different travel agents. Now, quite often, you'd start out with the simple questions, you know, what's going on with, you know, Expedia, why are we losing out with them? You start getting, digging into the data and you find out actually that there's a much broader question here about we're losing out on a particular route, a particular time of day, or a particular month. And that's affecting everyone, but it's hidden in the data for someone else. It's just we're seeing it clearly in Expedia. That's a much more important question to answer, but you wouldn't have known that until you start to get into the data. C-
1: completely. For, for me, a data scientist looks at data in a completely different way than anyone else would. So as soon as a data scientist is actually starting looking at data, they're gonna, they are looking at patterns, they're discovering patterns that may, or may, may not, right, be applicable in in, in the business. But you, you doing this phase, you will generate sideline uh, kind of insight as you go along. You will discover patterns in the data. And, and very often some of the, the biggest value projects I, I've ever been involved in have gen- been generated from a data scientist saying, oh, by the way, I was looking at the data. Did you know this happened or this was happening? And all of a sudden it sparks a conversation that can take it in a different direction. And, and again, we need to be careful not to... You know, run off. You know, in the cake shop, and and start. You know, having a bite of everything. But but absolutely, I think that's an area where you can you can generate. You know,
0: potential more potential projects later on, perhaps. Yeah, that's really interesting. Let's assume then that we've we've kind of cleaned up the data. We've done that first bit, and we've now got to come to some sort of solution, some sort of answer to to the original question. What happens then? And and does that can that go wrong as well?
2: Absolutely. So. I guess this stage, um, a lot of people think of as the point at which you hand over to the data scientist and they go and they sit in a room somewhere and they do what they do best, which is find amazing insights from the data. Absolutely, that is their core skill set. That's their main skill. I would say for me, the main thing that goes wrong at this stage isn't that a data scientist builds a bad model. Generally, that doesn't happen. They are experts in their field and they're good at what they do. What can go wrong if you disengage if you let them sit in that room by themselves is that they will drift away from the core question that you have as the business stakeholder so make sure you stay engaged so that doesn't happen and as part of that, you might need to learn a bit about what they're doing and the language they're using, um, but definitely keep that, keep that conversation going. Yeah, I
1: completely agree with that, David. I think, you know, ultimately, a data, I just said it right, a data scientist is passionate about discovering patterns in data. And every time you you discover a pattern, you want to discover the next pattern and the next pattern. And, and what you end up with is there, there is a, a potential that a data scientist can get pulled into uh, interesting avenues of analysis. I think the word interesting is a, a, a good word around data science projects, right? So when I, you know, when we're in a data science project, sometimes people say, oh, I found a very interesting avenue when you go interesting in a business context or interesting from an academic perspective, or an, you know, and so on. So, so I think keeping focus on the end goal and the agreed question is kind of really critical at that point. And I think also during this process, it's really important to keep the everyone else in the team, the business stakeholders in particular, engaged in how things are going. Right? If you're, you know, and, and that needs to be communicated in clear language. If you if you walk into a, a regular meeting with a business stakeholder and you start talking about error values or precision or sensitivity oh, or AUC or whatever, like you know, yeah. you're going to lose the business user really, really quickly. So it's important to to keep the business user aligned with where we are and, and communicate progress effectively in. in in a language that, that is really, you know, um, that makes sense to them. I think that's kind of r- really important to take them on that journey with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, language clearly, David, is very important, particularly if you're talking to non-data scientists about this stuff, mm-hmm. which inevitably you're going to be. So talk to me about expectations and that sort of thing around a pro- at this stage of the project as well.
2: I guess a definition a data scientist would have of success can be very different to what a business stakeholder thinks of as success. So a lot of the times there is just inherent inaccuracy or variability within the data that means it's very hard slash impossible to predict outputs exactly i think sometimes a bit of a perception that a good data science project say a good forecasting project delivers a model that has you know results within two percent of the actuals all the time that would be great but equally that's not always possible i think sometimes an amazingly well delivered project could deliver a model that only gives you answers accurately you know, to win. I mean, pick a number, 10, 20, 30%. The important thing is if that's better than the way you're currently doing it, that's an incremental improvement. Um, and so it's important, I think, as business stakeholders, to be clear about what success means. And actually, I think even a model not working at all, i.e. not really adding to what you're doing, that's a result in itself, right? That tells you something interesting about what's going on. And that's a good result, I would say, from a well-run project or yeah. can be.
1: I'd go even further as well. I think there's... um there are times when fundamentally the answer is just not in the data. We saw a project um, a number of years ago now where we worked with a retailer. They were selling close to a very particular segment in the market, and they they wanted to start selling, upselling, um, if you like, into a slightly different market. We said, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Let's look at the data. And um, within three days, four days, we were able to come back to them and say, look, the answer is just not there. The data you have is very specific to a particular segment. It's not going to answer the question that you're after and i think it's really important with you know with with business takers in particular the expectations are set that, you know, it, it's not like you're going to do this project and at the end you, you are going to get, you know, the data is going to tell you the answer. It just might not be in there, right? And, and that's, that's quite a difficult conversation, I think, sometimes for a, for a project team.
0: So you've mentioned a few of the potential pitfalls there, and clearly it may be impossible to get around some of them. But are there strategies, are there ways you can, you can go which, which sort of will ameliorate that effect?
1: yeah I, I think this is where investment upfront in a project is is so critical. So you know, like I say, you know if the answers are not in the data, there's not much you can do, right? You, you know, you identify that as early as possible. You stop soon, you, you know, and, and you choose a different question or you go and see what data you would need to, to um, you know, to answer that question. But I, I think it's critical that you move a lot of this really early on in the project. And so when you're choosing the right question, you need to think about, have we got the data? You need to think about what change is actually going to be required to, to enable this, you know, there's value to be generated and so on. And, and, and that's kind of where you try and you try and force your efforts so so the thing that you can do I think with this is to check this stuff out early in the project and stop as soon as you can if it doesn't look
0: like it's going to come to a different to the the outcome you're you're after right so great we've articulated the right question we've built this fantastic solution so surely nothing can go wrong now everything's hunky-dory I would say this is one of the stages that most often goes
2: wrong actually um, particularly if you haven't had that engagement throughout, and you didn't get the right people bought in at the start. So many times, people create brilliant models that actually do answer the right question as well. But if the person making that decision, putting it into action, isn't bought in and isn't going to use it, essentially, that all of the, all of that great work has been wasted. So bring them on early. Make sure they commit to making a change if you deliver the right solution, whatever that is, and push people to follow that through.
0: So if it does go a bit pear-shaped, can you give me an example of why that might have happened? Uh,
2: A lot of the time, I think it's down to a human factor. So if you're someone who's been making business decisions based on your experience and knowledge for a long term, a long time, it can be quite hard when someone comes along and says, I can do this better with data. And so there's a temptation to push that away and suppress it and say, I know better because it's a threat to me. So the human interference, I think, can be a big blocker.
1: Yeah, completely. I, I've seen a really good example of that. I knew of a project in a supermarket where they were looking at how to optimize the way that decisions are made day to day in the store, particularly around discounting foods and, and, and so on. And uh, they built this lovely model that, that worked really well on laptops. Um, and when they rolled it out into the stores, they found variable success. And, and the reason for that is that essentially they were printing out, you know, maybe a you know. A piece of paper or something that tells you tells the store manager how to how to run certain part of the business and very often the store manager would say well i've been running the store for 10 20 years so why am I going to listen to that advice? And so and, and so, there's a, there's an example where the change really, you know, wasn't possible because of that. You know, people weren't bought into that. And that's why I think for me, will someone change at the end of this project is a fundamental part of the early stage of, you know, is that the right project to, have to go after? If, if you're going to do something, but the person, you know, or the human or whatever it is, has no desire to change the way they behave, just do something else. And I think the other, act, there's other areas as well of change you need to be considered. Um, things like IT, right, you know, you know, are we going to be able to actually deploy this thing? Are we going to be able to scale this thing is a big thing. Um, I also knew of a project once where um, they did a brilliant project. They worked out they could actually generate huge value. But when they tried to roll a project out, they realized that in order to actually realize the value and roll it out, they needed to change, change this company's entire phone infrastructure. You know, and they found it out right right at the end of the project when it was just too late, essentially, and, and the cost for changing the phone system was enormous. So it, it just you just couldn't do it. So you've got to check these things early and plan for the change straight away.
0: So how would you say you can measure, if you can, the value of an analytical project? So for me, this is this is one of the crucial
1: questions in the industry of, in the data science industry right now which speaks perhaps to the the, um, the level of maturity of of this sort of approach I think when when companies you know read the the, the marketing hype and, and and realize that you know or, or learn about how you know you just plug in AI and wonderful things happen etc it, it's tempting to rush out and make, make large investments in technology and data in people uh, and then they're left with having to show you know a, a real return on investment based, based on the, you know what, where they've where they've gone to and that can put people in a very difficult situation particularly if um, you know the investment has been really really high I know of a company um, who hired a very large team of model you know kind of uh, data scientists that spent so much money building this team by hiring people out of like NASA and off Wall Street and crazy things like this built this amazing team but the business wasn't ready for it at all and so the investment that they made you could never return the value in the, in the time period that the, the state the, you know that the exec were expecting the, these data scientists internally became known as um, model logicians um, which was a lovely I <laughs> thought was a lovely term which was that you know I think the idea was that you know you you come into a business area, you wave some geeky magic kind of algorithmic wand, and just just money appears everywhere. I mean, that's essentially what it was. But but I think that that you know that idea of of having to return value is 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 a, is a really important topic right now. And and also I think what what I've found interesting recently is that you know there are groups that depend on depending on their maturity. It's interesting that some groups just don't need to show return on investment. I have, you know, I know a lot of organizations who, uh, you know, who are either very early in their journey in terms of, you know, it's kind of that honeymoon period. So, oh, you know, don't, don't worry about showing results. But I also know of an organization whose data science team is literally there so that the the CIO can tell the board that they're, they're invested in AI. There is, There is no pressure to to deliver value at all but it's you know it's just a tick box exercise, ex- essentially so so it does also depend you know whether you need to actually show value and it, it really depends on where you are in your maturity and and really the reason the group was set up and the objectives right
2: yeah i mean i have been on the other side of this so i worked in the industry i managed an insights team at an airline we were a new team in the business so i was bought in had to hire, hire everyone into my team I think we did feel that pressure of how do we prove we're adding value here? And it's not so an easy question. So our job was to help frontline salespeople drive revenue for the business. So we were the insight team that drove the way in which they operated. But it's so hard to unpick the value we delivered versus what they were doing at other initiatives in the business. So we would argue that, you know, we've given you some brilliant reporting, great insight. We can pick out things much faster that help you solve problems. They might argue they're making more money because they're making better account management decisions. They've improved their relationships within the business. So it was a really tricky question for us, you know, how do we prove the value? Because we did start to come under pressure of, hey, we've got a a big team over here, what are they doing? It's not easy, but you have to be able to do it. Otherwise, a valuable part of the business might be lost because it can't prove that it's valuable.
0: And agreeing some sort of measurement technique, some sort of measurement Mm. approach, as early as possible presumably is, is clearly an advantage.
1: Yeah it's got to be done right? I mean it, exactly as Dave said if you're in an area where you have to prove that the, you know, the investment that's made in analytics is actually returning value it means that and it's be quite difficult but it means that you know when you're choosing between which questions to to answer you, you essentially have to qualify those based on whether you're answering a question that will add quantifiable measurable value to the organisation and, and, and in some circumstances you know if you can't agree that or it, so if you can't measure it then you you kind of have to do something else and that can be quite quite a difficult challenge particularly if if you can do the the project that, that adds measurable value, or you could do the CIO's pet project. I mean, you know, we come into those areas, those can be quite difficult. I've also seen, and I'm not sure, but you've seen this as well, Dave, but I've seen areas where you end up, where your objective is, is kind of indirectly adding value. I, I think uh, net promoter score is a, is a classic for this, right? Where, you know, you can do a project that will increase net promoter score. But I've seen organizations where, you know, there's no agreed link between, you know, net promoter score and dollar signs, Right? So if your objective is to I don't know, drive revenue in the business, let's say, but there's no agreed link between net promoter score and revenue, then by increasing net promoter score, there can be a kind of, uh, a kind of difficult conversation to have about whether or not you've actually achieved your objectives. And, and so things like that become quite a difficult conversations. I think. Which always becomes a circular argument in its, own, in its
2: own right, really, because a valuable project for a business is to understand the relationship between net promoter score and value. But how do you prove the value of a project that estimates the value of net promoter score? It can get a little bit circular. So for me, there is there is a little bit of a blend of stuff you can immediately prove the value of. There's also a portfolio I think you have to construct of those yeah, projects, definitely. plus a kind of things you know are right, even if you can't put a pound sign on it straight away. I think you need to do both of those to build up over time.
1: Yeah, and I think that comes back to the maturity, right? I mean, if, if you're early on... You might get a bit of grace period. You can do some of the kind of more off the wall things, maybe, or some of the softer things. If you get to a point where you need to prove value, that ha- you have to be a bit more ruthless, right? If, if it doesn't add value, you can't measure the value, you can't agreement, get agreement on, on how you'll count your bit of the value, then you might have to just not do it and do something else. And I, and I think once you've agreed the, the approach, I think there's also a technical element of this, which is, um, you know, how do you actually record and prove the value on an ongoing basis, right? If your model's gonna be used I don't know, a thousand times a day to make a decision. There needs to be some sort of way you can technically record the value you've added by, I don't know, maybe I've seen, you know, we've built uh, systems that essentially watch systems, right? To actually work out how much value you've added or or systems in your code where, you know, when you actually deliver or, or use the model, a small value is scraped and put centrally into a database that you can then report off for stakeholders and so on. So, so some of this stuff is becoming really more and more important to the, the future direction, really, and, and the success of, of the data science industry in
0: general. So let's, let's go back to the position of, of the leader who is perhaps making the decision to do a data science project. What first steps should they be taking to maximise the delivery, to maximise the chance of success? I think
1: one of the critical things for me is around building a repeatable delivery framework for analytic projects so something that essentially turns a, a, an analytic project from a clever black box exercise that happens to something that you can understand and I mean that understand from a from a business perspective from an analytic perspective and from a project management perspective. So you're all essentially talking the same language. You all know what the stages are and what you're expecting to get out of those stage, but it will help you to align people around the process. So you're all driving this in the right direction. And I think within that, if you can really pull a lot of the, um, you know, we talk about things like change and data check-in and so on. If you can pull a lot of that early on in the process so you fail fast that's kind of critical so for me it's about creating a framework that works for you a common language around the framework and build something that feels like a repeatable process as opposed to a, a kind of a clever black box exercise
2: picking up on the language point actually so we often talk about a language gap So your data scientists on one end find it very hard to converse properly and understand the the business leaders, the people making the change out there making the decisions. So there's a gap there. And sometimes I think leaders have an expectation that data scientists should come all the way towards them. So the data scientists, they need to learn about business and they need to improve their skills there. And that may well be true. But equally, I think there's an onus on the business to learn more about analytics as well. You close that gap coming at it from both directions. So genuinely engage with the data scientist, educate yourself around key terms and key some concepts within data science and just make that collaboration a genuine one rather than expecting Data scientists come all the way to you and that's not necessarily their kill their mm. key skill set.
1: I, I think the other thing is once you've got, you know, once you've got these things, right? Once you've got a framework so you know how to deliver an entity project, once you've engaged the business and there's a there's a language you can use, th- at that point you can do, for example, a series of interactive workshops in different business areas to go and explore avenues, look for high value, impactful questions, and then qualify them in terms of value and deliverability and so on. And I think building the portfolio in that way will enable the leadership to quickly see where the low hanging fruit is. And and like I say, in companies where uh, analytics, this hasn't been tried before, you know, you will often find really good quick wins to, to add value in the business. And that will really gain momentum that will help you on that data driven journey.
0: Thank you very much, guys, for a very interesting conversation. You've been listening to the Data-Driven Nirvana podcast series from Mango Solutions. Uh, my name is Dave Harris, and I've been talking to Rich Pugh, Chief Data Scientist and Co-Founder of Mango, and Dave Gardner, who leads the data science team here at Mango. Please join us again for our next podcast on Data-Driven Nirvana.